This episode shall be the penultimate of this run, or season if you will, as we'll be taking a break to prioritise a few writing projects and plan the next season of the podcast also. I can't imagine it'll be too long before we're back with more episodes, but if you can't wait till then, we'll have a special bonus one next week which will act as a retrospective of this inaugural season. It may end up being terrible as we sink a few cans and get the blue is the warmest colour debate raging again, but then again, it might not. This week, though, we see our second special guest, one James Freeman. We all met James at uni, and we've been itching to have him on since we first started, so gave him free reign over what we discussed this week. He played up to all of our stereotypes of him as he picked the 2018 Dota 2 Internationals Final, a documentary produced by Valve called True Sight, link in the description. So turn on, tune in, drop out to the penultimate episode of Season 1. See you on the other side. Oh, oh, oh. We're smashing it every week now. Yeah, I don't know how we how we ballsed it up for quite so long as we did. To be honest, how could you make that? Know. How could you you know get that wrong? The amount of crap I've left on the cutting room floor, James. You wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> um, Enough for another episode. Oh. Hello, James. James Freeman. You're not Jack mm. Campion. No. Uh, you're a special guest today. Yes, I Hello. am. <laughs> I am, yes. Hello. It's splendid to have you on. It's great to be on, Lou. Yeah, extreme Welcome. friend of the pod. Yeah. Mm. I don't know why it's an extreme. <laughs> it's, not like you're, it's not like you're a mountain biker or anything like that. <laughs> One of those guys. He's no Danny Hart. Bass drummer, he's no Danny Hart. To be fair, there's only one Danny Hart. There is only one Danny Hart. Yeah, James is our good friend. We we love James very much, and we're very thrilled to have him on. Uh, You're our second special guest we've had on, after Anthony. Uh, I think I said in the last episode that Jack couldn't be here today. Uh, I can't even remember why he can't be here today. It's completely slipped my memory. I think why. he was just like, would, wouldn't mind sitting out on this one if you're having a guest. And then we were just sort of like, all right then. I think he was heavily <laughs> hinting at like, I really? can't be bothered to do it. <laughs> yeah. He didn't outright say it, but the moment I, I suggested, well, maybe we can get a guest in for this one, Jack, if it doesn't work for you. He was like, yes. I was like, I hadn't even finished. <laughs> yeah, you guys do that. Wouldn't want to put you out or anything. Honestly, it's fine. Just go ahead as without to, me. As opposed to putting us out for the previous ten episodes. <laughs> <laughs> We're throwing request. him under the bus, aren't we? Mm. Um, oh, to be fair, we throwed you under the bus, Liv, when you weren't here. So 
yeah. A little bit. Um, but, yeah, we know I met James at university. Well, we all met James at university. Yes, we did, yeah. We did say to Anthony when he came on, Anthony, the way we'd like to do <clears> guest <throat> episodes is pick whatever it is you would like us to look at, because... Mm. By this point, you know, we rack our brains trying to think of crap to pick for the podcast. And uh, it gives it gives us a chance to uh, get a totally outsider perspective. And so James has done exactly that. When given the choice, when I messaged him on WhatsApp in the week and said, James, we'd love to have you on. Please come on. Uh, you get to pick. And I could tell James was very excited by this prospect. I <laughs> he sent me so many cautionary messages before, like, like if it, if you don't want to do it, we totally don't have to do this one. We don't have to do it. Well, I didn't know what the reaction was. Like, well, like, don't don't quite Google it, <laughs> like, but maybe don't Google it just yet. Like, you have to have context. I was like, what? A little bit of context, at least a little bit of context. I don't know whether I was pleasantly surprised or disappointed in what it was. I was just so shocked that. It was... Uh, oh, God, yeah. What's it called? It's called True Sight. Well, the thing I chose for this week is a... Uh, it's... I suppose you could call it a documentary. You know, almost like a TV show sort of style thing of an hour-long episode of the final of the 2018 International Dota Championships. Which is the one of the biggest esports games in the world, <clears throat> and uh, the last few years, every year they've put out this thing called True Sight, uh, Valve, the creators of the game, which is basically yeah, like this thing they just follow the teams and the day, uh, what happens throughout the day, etc. of the final, and that's that's what we watched today. Um, it's the only, I guess, the only documentary we've looked at so far. Mm. Yeah. On, on on the Live Pod. Mm. The only compet- like competitive thing as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah because we haven't we haven't looked at anything gaming related yet, and you know, I think most of us on here are keen keen gaming gentlemen. Uh, I'm not. Liv, unsurprisingly, Liv is not a gentleman gamer. Liv, that's like the sim. Yeah, yeah the, Sims. the Sims. I like a few like classic Xbox games like Simpsons Hit and Run, uh, Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, Mario Kart I'm obsessed with, yeah. You're I'm pretty good at Mario Kart, Kart if I remember rightly as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not really a, a gamer as such. Um, so yeah, I was sort of like, great an hour of my life watching the Dota, <laughs> the Dota tournament. So when I was watching this the other night, all I could think about the whole time was Liv is going to, so James is going to have to talk Liv into watching this. <laughs> and <laughs> somewhere in the world, Liv will be watching this at some point. And I just couldn't stop laughing at the thought of that. Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, I don't really care about Dota. I quite like video games, but Dota kind of loses me. I don't really get MOBAs uh, and those sort of arena hero games like that. It's a bit too fast-paced and not really my sort of thing. But I, I can keep up with it, just about. Mm. I was like, 
If I'm getting lost in some of the gameplay stuff, I wonder how Liv's getting on with it. Yeah. Um, so, I guess at this point we'll give our thoughts. Liv, I'm desperate to hear your thoughts so much. Mm. Well, it's interesting because I actually think, for full disclosure to any podcast listeners, me and James are boyfriend and girlfriend, so I hear a lot of the <gasps> Dota spiel day to day because James is very, very obsessed with Dota. <laughs> Um, so actually, I was finding myself to know quite a bit about it. Um, ah. like I recognised some of the characters. I was able to name a few of them. I was like, oh, that's Monkey King in the lineup and stuff. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, I actually think I probably know more about it and could have followed it better than perhaps anyone here except for James. So. You probably know more than I do, to be honest. No, I definitely oh, yeah. think that's true. Yeah, I think Liv was like... Oh, I remember him. You play him sometimes, don't you? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> Earthshaker, I do. You know, I'm not, I'm not FY, but I do play yeah. Earthshaker every now and again. <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to have too much knowledge about Dota to watch this. Although, actually, yeah. I did sort of find, like, I think it was actually, it's not even the last game they played, but, like, the second to last game, I was sort of like, it's been like 15 minutes in this game. <laughs> they dedicate a lot of time to that game, don't they? Yeah, and I was just a bit like, oh my God, I was nearly falling asleep as well. I was like, I don't actually care this much about this. Um, what did I think of it? Yeah, the documentary, it was very interesting in the sense that it's such a world that I'm like not familiar with, like this intense careerist gaming. Like I literally just, I didn't even know that existed until obviously James spoke about it and I watched this documentary and I got a better insight into it. So I think the topic itself is actually very interesting. I'm not sure if the way they like presented the information, like the topic for me was, it's not, I don't, it's, I don't think it's an entry level documentary. Like mm -hmm. I think like, you know, if we're watching, if I am as a non Dota player, I'm watching a documentary about Dota I want it to. I want. I want a middleman. Like I want Louis Farou there to guide me through it and <laughs> sort of like be on my team. And then we sort of laugh at these weird sweaty nerds. I was also surprised because uh, they looked very non-sweaty and quite normal. One team more so than other, I thought. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't say which one. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it was enjoyable. I thought the production level was really good. Like, there were some really nice shots in that, and um, it was filmed really nicely. And uh, it was kind of interesting and kind of enjoyable. Like, I don't know if that's just because I already know a little bit about Dota, or because it's just like a you know a well-made documentary, which it is. But I would have enjoyed a documentary angled more at. Yeah, the um, yeah, like a introduction to Dota, the world of Dota. Mm -hmm. Like, let me take you through and meet all these players, and yeah, more like a yeah, like an outsider level. Cool, uh, Jamie. Let's hear from you. Yeah, so I I have actually played Dota a couple of times in my life, not very um for very extensive periods though, but I did play League for quite a bit, and it was a, a few years where I kind of got to grips with that so a lot of the terms used in this documentary I was already kind of familiar with because I, I didn't realize how similar a lot of them were mm. like they used basically the same ones for a lot of the oh, big the, mechanics they're the so similar the two games are. yeah 
So I, I yeah. think that's probably the case for most MOBAs. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that wasn't really an issue for me, and despite already being aware that these kind of tournaments went on and that the prize pools were huge, I'm always whenever I see these things still, it's it's not quite worn off the the scale of it at the moment. Mm. And I think that's probably what <clears throat> most of our discussion is going to be around because esports and competitive gaming at the moment hold such a weird place where nobody's quite sure how it compares to the other stuff. There's been like talks of, you know, whether these should really be taken seriously on a further level than the actual tournaments that go on at the moment mm-hmm. and whether they should be taken higher than that. But yeah, it's it's such a bizarre thing. And actually, one of the things that I thought about that I was kind of aware of but was really driven home in this one was the amount of information that those players have to retain. Like, whereas it might not be as physically strenuous or in as intense as physical sports as we know, or like traditional sports. Mm, yeah. The, the amount of, um, I guess, calculations that they have to make before they do any mm-hmm. play is ridiculous <laughs> yeah even like they have their you know they have their spreadsheet when they were doing picks and bans deciding who they were going to play out against each other and you could just see like they never showed it fully but you could tell that you had this big spreadsheet of okay if they pick this person we'll have to go here yeah anyone like their players and stuff and yeah so i, I found it interesting but i think probably a little bit more familiar because i i have watched a couple of league ones but yeah i was just surprised at how similar it was to that really that's cool cool <laughs> cool man thanks man rocking <laughs> louis. louis yes i'd like to hear your opinion um, please louis louis take the mic i found it strangely compelling it flew by for an hour I, considering <laughs> it was something i had no interest in at all uh and i did find a lot of the actual Dota parts of it the hardest to follow just because, like I say, I I don't really care about that kind of gameplay or when you hear the shoutcaster commenting, which is so impressive by the way. Like, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Isn't oh my that? god, yes. Like fair, but I've seen like <laughs> fighting game ones and that's I kind of prefer fighting games. Uh, mm. I, I I find that aspect of it really inter- entertaining, and I'd love. I think you could do a good documentary about a tournament of any kind like that it's it's really fascinating and the the glossy production of it i found a bit funny at first it's like man it's so over the top and epic i was like but then when you see the scope for like wait no it is mm. like, to these people in this arena this this that is it deserves that treatment yeah it was really compelling it was it reminded me of um i'm already a big football fan and uh it reminded me quite a lot of the story of the 2011-12 last day of the season in the Premier League when Man City and QPR played each other and Man City won it with the last kick of the of the entire season. And it's just like, there are those, if you scroll through the comments on the, on the documentary on YouTube, you see all these people like, oh, I get chills every time they say, where's Axe? Or yeah. Seb, uh, is it Seb? Seb says... Uh, this is my round. I'm feeling it. Yeah, he said this, this. And once this is my game. Yeah. Boys. Was he my seemed game like boys. a really lovely, nice bloke who who yeah. got it. He he wasn't captain, but he used to be a coach, and then he, he, and he turned and he became a player yeah. after. Uh, I think. 
He he seems yeah. the natural yeah, leader. He, he he was such a, like Olivia said to me, "Oh, they're a bit cocky, OG." And I was like, "I don't know. I feel like it's just they have to get into that mindset." He was just like, "We're gonna win. We're gonna win. We're gonna win." You know what I mean? He was just like, yeah, "We're yeah. gonna beat him. We're gonna beat him." It worked. People at that end of any sort of athleticism or sport, though, are just like that. Yeah. You don't get that far without having that kind of mentality, I yeah, suppose, yeah. do you? You have yeah. to back yourself, otherwise you'll never make it that far. As lame as it sounds, it's like, sort of like it should be on a poster in a gym, but probably quite true, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Certain arrogance gets you so far. Yeah. I agree, but they were sort of like, oh, uh, oh they're really uh, panicking now, aren't they? Like, oh god they must be really worried they're really overthinking it and then they'd like og would lose and it's like oh, a bit embarrassing mate i know they obviously didn't lose in the end but <laughs> <laughs> they pulled through i don't know i guess that seems less weird to me because i know that that's like a thing they would do in football as well yeah it's exactly they do it you have to say these things to help you get through it and i know but the other team usually boys up that. well they were a bit were they? well they were just they were being quite rude, you know. Yeah, I I thought the other I thought the the PSG LGD team. Yeah. What is it? LGD PSG? Something like L- that. PSG LGD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I th- I thought I thought the documentary definitely yeah, invited catchy, you to not like them as much. <laughs> I felt, I felt really. a little bit bad for them that they weren't given the same personable treatment. As yeah, OG it, it definitely. When I watched it, I. I obviously know the teams a little bit and the players and stuff. I know of them, but obviously most of what I see from them is like in stuff like this, like for example. And when I first watched it, I definitely thought, God, I'm so much more behind OG than PSG. Mm-hmm. Like I desperately want OG to win, especially when you know the the backstory of them sort of, their whole team sort of got gutted and and they sort of had to, sort of panic by, like, not by, but <laughs> round up two players to take, mm-hmm. like, two really, really important positions in their team in space of no time at all. And uh, to come out and beat the favourites in the final is and to come back in such a way from, uh, you know, those last two games in the comeback was really incredible. And it's a sort of moment that you don't need to even like the sport or the game or whatever it is to care you know it's just cool isn't it when there's an underdog story and somebody comes back and wins you know exactly it's mm-hmm. it's a modern version of the sporting underdog story just yeah, in esports isn't it, it? Is. I, I i think i think that's the really fascinating angle of it is that i think if you showed this to just people who are kind of interested in sport generally they'd probably get behind it because yeah. it is a pretty exciting story told pretty well and shot really well you know it's the equivalent of Leicester winning the Premier League the year they did it mm. it's just like they narrowly avoided relegation the year before their striker firing them ahead is just a guy who used to work in a factory and lower league football and mm. loves getting pissed up on the weekends Yeah, and their manager is an ex huge boss recently got fired by Greece for just not being good enough and it's like all these weird perfect storms come together to make a fairy tale. And I guess that's kind of what this was as well. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Much more than I thought I would.
I do know what you mean, Liv, like, because of the nature of it, it's made by Valve, you know, the, the game developer, and it's definitely made for people who play Dota, you know, for people who play the game. But obviously, when I watched it, I remember thinking, God, that was quite good, actually. Like, I feel like I've got to show someone this to see if I just like it because I love the game or if it is actually quite good. But it is quite good. Like, it's shot so well. And it's like you never, ever get that, even with huge sports. Like, the nature of esports gives you this, the potential to have these cameramen follow around the teams, like, on fag breaks and Mm. just literally be a fly on the wall like in between games and hear absolutely everything, you know, and you just, you just don't get that with other sports. And that's, I think I'm guessing that is why it's called true sight because in the game, true sight is like, uh, it's basically the ability to see, um, like stuff that's hidden. Like when you have true sight, you can see invisible players and stuff like that. So that's why I think it's called True Sight. I think, you know, I'm guessing right. That's why. To get the behind the scenes view. Because you see, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, yeah, which I thought was cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool. But also, it's <laughs> like, I want, to, I want to see more. Like, I don't. It's too much gameplay for, for an outsider like myself and for the general viewing population. Like, I want to see them, like, behind the scenes like just chatting or like talking more about how they got into dota i would be really interested. i know what you like, mean how do you get to the level where you're winning 11 million pounds in a a gaming competition like what what has your life been like, like how say, that's more than most in? premier league prize pot money that is a lot of money it's huge that is like life-changing yeah it's such a huge industry huge yeah so life i'd love to yeah. like know more about the people themselves i think that's the most interesting thing about the topic so that for me what what i would say there though is that this documentary probably isn't made for you and i (laughs) because i agree i want more of that as well no but i know for a fact if it did more of that comments in the in in the down, down below the video would be like yeah oh this is so cringe like because the people who like it the most, they already know everything about Dota. And yeah. I think it's assumed knowledge mm. for the And those are the people that want to see the gameplay yeah. as well. They probably don't really care about how the people got into Dota because it's not interesting to a Dota player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They already know. <laughs> well, how else how <laughs> do you get bored. into games? You just play, yeah, you, they're, just, they're just guys who play video games and they got really good. That's mm. it. Most of them just got good, like, either at home or playing in internet cafes in their home countries after school every single day for five years and suddenly they're insanely good you know what i mean <laughs> and they... yeah I've... don't like a, a, a few of them come from streaming backgrounds as well like they'll they'll start streaming because they're yeah, good at playing exactly the game people right. like watching them because they uh... either want to like improve and mimic what they're doing or just because you know it's obviously enjoyable to watch somebody who's really good at playing the game and then I suppose you get scared. That, that one of them was, you know, OG's mid called Topson, who got actually quite shafted most of the games. You probably remember yeah. him going like, oh, okay. yes. Oh, yes. Was he the guy in the glasses? Hair, yeah. He got big yeah. streaming. Yeah. Oh, okay. Streaming. Mm-hmm. That's how he got picked up and sort of like 
fooled by OG sort of thing like we want you as our mid because we've just lost our big star player to another team called Evil Geniuses. <laughs> That's so crazy, isn't it? Can you imagine, yeah, if if you were one of those players that got bought and then the yeah, team you were exactly. with goes it on is. to win. And and you know they won it. They won well, if you don't mind me telling you spoilers, guys, but this was twenty eighteen. <laughs> so next year the year after, there was another one, if you're interested in watching that. <laughs> I, if you've oh my God. I thought about it. I honestly thought about watching the next one. Do they win again? Oh, well, I can't tell you that. I, can't I was going to say, I might, actually, well, I might actually watch that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I might like to but be unspoiled. There's, there's another one uh, in 2017 uh, and 2019, and both of them are good. Um, but 2018 is my personal favourite just because of... <laughs> it, that is the literal Aguero. version of uh, Aguero. Yeah. <laughs> Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero. <laughs> I love how confounded everyone yeah. was when he picked Axe, and then it like went on yeah. to be the thing that won them the and game. Yeah. However many millions of dollars it was. That is insane. Yeah. I wonder how rich that. they were before. I mean, they'd won a few majors and stuff, so they they must have they must have you know been doing well from it. But it wasn't until you know I don't think they would have won anything quite on this scale, obviously. <laughs> I wonder point. how much of the money they'd like share out. Because I was like, right. Oh, I lagged a bit there, so I, I didn't realize he started uh, speaking. Sorry. Oh, that was a bit laggy, wasn't it? Yeah, laggy, Louie. <laughs> Bringing us down. I think it was yeah, you. I wonder, actually, I wonder if Dad's streaming his Dota gameplay. I think it was your <laughs> dodgy lag, Liv. Oh, was it? I did just get an internet unstable thing flash up. <laughs> that that was that will be it then. <laughs> Laggy Livy. <laughs> um, what? Well, I can't even remember what I said now. So just carry on, Louis. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it's really funny how it's just such an enormous arena and everyone's really hyped up for it. And then you see these really low energy guys just sort of like slowly stroll on the, sp- on the stage. He's kind of like, <laughs> I don't want to say scrawny, but like quite quite yeah. thin, I don't know, like dweebish looking guy. This is also mean sounding, but like, you know what I mean? They don't have like that commanding presence that athletes do in, in a similar yeah. environment. They're nerdy guys. They're, 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 they love gaming. Yeah. They're going to be gamers. They're going to have spent most of their adolescence on a computer playing MOBAs and, you know, MMORPGs and all the rest of it, wasting their life on uh, on the internet, as their parents have probably said, until they won the grand, uh, yeah, 11 million. Until they won 11 million. <laughs> and then, uh, then they took it all back, of course. But, yeah. I did think they were slightly nerdy, but I did think they weren't as nerdy as I was thinking they'd be. Or maybe, oh God, I'm trying to avoid saying mean things about certain people. But um, 
I've been in Dota cafes abroad, not by choice. James has dragged me into Dota cafes and it's literally like in a basement. And I've seen the kind of people who go in there. And (laughs) yeah, I was thinking they'd be more like You're going out with one of them. Yeah, yeah, me. (laughs) That's true. I mean, I was also in that Dota cafe, so who am I to judge? (laughs) They probably thought, who's this creep? The worst thing is, in a lot of them, you can, <laughs> you can smoke as well. So there really are dungeons. Like You really? go down to these places where, where it's really popular, and they've either got a room sort of connected by the side, like in some places. I, I went to one in Mongolia, and they had a sort of smoking room, which every time somebody went in and out of it, Ugh. the whole room just like went like, like from the... <laughs> and then and then in other ones i went into one where it was basically just somebody's front room uh, in paraguay and loads of dudes were just sitting there and i walked in and they, they sort of look at you up and down like how the hell did you find this place <laughs> why we haven't seen we haven't ever had anybody from argentina come in this is purely <laughs> paraguayans from this town this neighborhood of this town has ever come into here and here you are a random English bloke walking in like, uh, can I play some Dota? To be fair, the one in the one in La Paz was pretty swanky, but we yeah, we did go to one in Bolivia, which was quite nice. Yeah, that was that was a pretty posh one, but still similar sorts of people in there. Um, but yeah, the people were kind of uh, yeah, I thought you know that the guy in the um, what is it, LGP team, LPSD. Yeah, the yeah. main guy yeah, in that sure. one who like, um, like won one of the matches for them. He actually seemed kind of cool. Like he looked pretty cool. Not like. Do you a mean Sonus or Fy? Well, the one with the glasses. I couldn't remember any of their names. There yeah, two, oh, that one. There's yeah. two with glasses. So there's Somnus who played mid, and then there was Fy who played. Uh, he he played the Phoenix. That one game where he just, like, okay. I think it was game three, where they won, like, really, really, like, substantially. No, I think it was the guy who won them the first game of the, the tournament. Oh, yeah, that was Somnus, their mid, yeah. Yeah. But um, also, going back to your point, Lou, about, like, how it's really weird, because they're just, like, you know, it's not it's not a physical sport, and they don't, like, have the same bearing as an athlete. It was also like such a weird viewing sensation watching them like like feeling all the emotions that like an athlete would feel after like finishing a, a race or like um, a game of tennis or something like that. But they're just yeah, they're completely like not sweating, completely uh, you know, just physically relaxed. <laughs> it's just so, such a bizarre thing. Yeah, sat behind a computer. Saying that though, it must be utterly mentally exhausting. It really must. Yeah. Exactly, and like they say in the first part of this, I think it's like the first thing they say in the documentary is it's Seb or maybe one of the other guys of OG is like it's about breaking the opponent's mind. Yeah, and some people it's easy to do that with, but some people are very hard to do that with. And uh, I just it sounded so sinister when they said it. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> Hannibal Lecter or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it must be utterly minds. draining thinking that going from constant communication to the four other guys in, a, in that tiny uh, transparent booth with you to then just, oh, it's over now. 
catch your breath back, but you don't actually have to catch your breath back. You just need to like go <laughs> outside for and take fact. your mind off it. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, this this is particularly for the more gamery people in the chat, probably. But um, don't you think it was really cool how, uh, you know, when there was like a big important moment in the fight, in like a fight, because obviously because of the nature of Dota, you can't even see half of what's going. It just looks like carnage. Mm -hmm. Like when like they'd animate it into like a, um, you know what I mean? They'd actually animate the fight scenes. I actually, I I didn't like that. You didn't. I think that's so cool. Nah, I'd I'd rather, and I actually thought as well, like they cut away from the gameplay quite a bit in the actual edit. Like there was quite a lot of moments where they'd lose, but it wouldn't show the loss. It would cut to like a reaction of those, and I guess like that gives the point anyway. But for those like pre-rendered bits when they were acting it out, I was like, okay, I guess that's cool. And I suppose it probably would be better for someone who like wasn't as familiar with it. And even I'm not saying like when it goes to those big teams, yeah. I don't have any idea what's going on because I don't. It just looks yeah, like an absolute mess. <laughs> I just watch the bars and see if they go up or down. Yeah, no, that is it. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I I rather they would have like stuck to the gameplay on that one. I thought that was like Louis was saying, part of like making it really glossy. It just felt a bit like too overproduced for me that part. The bit, the bit with Seb where he jump, where he's running through the woods. And you can hear the the commentators like saying like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the bit where if you remember, obviously what was actually happening was uh, there was the Phantom Lancer, which was the blue guy. He was mm -hmm. getting, he like the, the, the enemy who was PSG, LGD, had his like foot on him. That's what we saw. And he was like beating him up and then Axe like jumped in and killed everyone. Yeah, you know, like say, yeah, it, yeah. Mm -hmm. but obviously, like what what was actually happening was just that there was just a normal fight going on. But that just made it look so much. No, cooler. I, I agree. I, I would have made a cool cinematic. I, I thought uh, at first, cool. I thought it was really jarring that it would go to those pre-rendered sort of Warcraft-esque. I mean, it was an old Warcraft mod one that uh, Dota two, but um, yeah, it was, but. Yeah, for someone that doesn't really care about much of it, like me, or understands any of the gameplay that I'm looking at, it definitely helped me conceptualise what is yeah. happening. So it worked. So I yeah, really yeah. quite enjoyed it. What is that? The um, the yeah, the animated bits. Mm -hmm. You know, like the cinematic. Yeah, I yeah. I really liked that, yeah. and I thought I've always thought this about Dota is that they clearly put so much effort into like these characters. And like the look of them is really cool, and I love the fancy the fancy element of the game. Like I think that would be like really a cool thing to play. Um, but I hate hate hate, and I hate it with like FIFA, and I hate it with watching football as well on the TV. How far away it is! Like you can't really see what's going on easily. Like the the figures are so small, and it completely loses <laughs> its like immersive. Well, probably not 
if you're like obsessed and playing it but just as a casual watcher it really ruins the immersion and <clears throat> no i know especially what you mean. I, I, yeah, I get that sometimes especially because they're such cool characters as well like It'll be so much better if, like, I don't really know how it would be possible. It probably wouldn't be. But to just, like, see more of the fighting up close or to get, like, a closer view of what's actually happening. So I feel thought the animated bits did that really nicely, especially if you're, like, not familiar with it. Like, And I would really struggle mm-hmm. to watch the screen of a Dota match and be able to have any slight clue as to what's going on. So, yeah, I thought it would be a good film as well. Could they do a Dota film? Like and animate the characters. <laughs> they did do they did do a Warcraft film, which this is um, like Louis said. It's Dota came about as a mod to the old Warcraft games. So the the old Warcraft uh, cinematics were incredible as well. I remember playing Warcraft three on my PC when I was mm. about like nine, and I would just weep over how incredible they looked. I remember getting really drunk mm. after graduation with Jack. Me and him lived in the same house for a little bit. <laughs> I insisted that we watch all the cinematics from Warcraft 3 on YouTube. And then I think he made me watch all the cinematics from Halo Reach. And we were just like, oh, fair play. These are all really bloody good. Uh, <laughs> good cinematics are insane. Has, has anyone played... Um, I don't know how much of the Total War games you've played. Oh, never. I haven't played them. Have you never played no. any of them? No. Oh, Probably you're missing not. out. Um, but... The Total War games are great, and the cinematics are sick. And the best ones is, like, there's one, you know, Shogun Total War, which is, like, the first one they did. It's set in, like, you know, medieval mm-hmm. Japan. Mm-hmm. And you can get, um, when you click get your ninjas trying to assassinate someone, um, it will start a cinematic uh, that pops up on your screen of, like, your ninja actually, like, scaling a wall... And he has to get through, you know, you'll watch him actually trying to get round guards and stuff. That sounds sick. And like, every sometimes he'll get caught or like mess it up and he'll just get like his head cut off. Like, and you'll be like, you know, shit. <laughs> you have to watch him die. Yeah. But then other times, you know, other times he'll actually like do a mega cool backflip and slice mm. the other general's like head off and it'll be really cool. Yeah. Is, I always love a good cinematic. You know, it's a nice touch, things. isn't it? I think for those, yeah, for like storytelling moments, they are really cool. But uh, slightly off topic, nothing annoys me more than when I'm watching a conference and they're like, oh, here's the big reveal of the game and it's just a cinematic. Just cinematic like, yeah. I want to see gameplay. Oh, see, <laughs> I, just I don't mind it for games that are much more story-driven. I feel like with like a Last of Us sort of thing, I think it's kind of earned because that game... Yeah, that's always yeah. And so I think that's it, it, gives, it gives you a nice sense of like the, the tone as well. Like, mm. but I don't it just looks shit though, doesn't it? Like when you're watching a Dota screen, it looks what? crap. It does not look good. It literally. Yeah, that's why. That's I, I, wholly yeah. why mm-hmm. I can't. I don't care. Yeah, it's cause I couldn't give a crap. It's too much for my eyes to take yeah. in. Yeah, there's yeah. so much it's information. It's so underwhelming as well. But like, then again, James, can you remember when you were like, "Oh my god, look at this sick thing I did with Monkey King," and you're showing me, and you were like, "Oh," and then I like pace it <laughs> over here, and then I dodge the hook, and it literally—I was watching it on screen, and it's like this guy. It looked like this little blob was like moving so slowly across the screen, like it did not look really <laughs> cool and exciting. <laughs> Olivia, it wasn't Monkey King; it was Trayon Protector. Uh, <laughs> 
clearly wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> no, but to be fair, the thing with cinematics is sometimes they can even be too good that it makes the game seem really high. Yeah. And then the game is rubbish. Like, do you remember the early... They did a massive campaign of releasing, like, three or four insanely gorgeous, super cool cinematics for Elder Scrolls Online before it came out? The cinematics I don't remember, I don't remember seeing it. I remember they did the lit. same oh, thing with the Old Republic. I remember one. The Star Wars oh MMO. God, they, looked, they looked so I actually think the Old Republic's cool. pretty good. And then, Not obviously, uh, Elder Scrolls Online happened. Uh, the less said about it, the better. But the cinematics, oh, it was worth, the whole game was worth it just for those cinematics, man. Mm. It's so good. The the biggest example I can think of that, I don't know whether you guys remember it or not, but when the that first Dead Island trailer came out, oh yeah, it <laughs> was all in reverse. Everybody like it went is crazy such a fantastic trailer. trailer that it's well worth it's looking up. It's a really great trailer. But not representative of the game whatsoever, no. other than the fact that there's zombies. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I kind of like. I that. remember watching like trailers for games as a kid, and like it would be. Um, I remember specifically it was a Spyro game, and the like the cinematic bit literally looked amazing. Like this purple dragon like flying through these amazing scenery, and then it was like it would like flip to the actual like gameplay of it, and then I was like. Wait, so which one is it? I was obviously a little kid. And then I saw it said, like, not actual game footage in the corner. And I was like, oh, that looks crap. I'm not going to get that. <laughs> I'll have the other one. <laughs> I don't know if anyone ever... Uh, my brother and I were really, really into the Tony Hawk's games as kids. And I think it was American Wasteland where the whole marketing ploy for that game was that there were no more load screens. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the advert was Tony Hawk's skating. And he's about to do like a kickflip and then like hit a wall, an invisible wall. And he's like, bro, stop loading. (laughs) It's like Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. This has got to go. You shouldn't have to wait to skate. New Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. First skating game with no loading screens. Tear up the streets of Hollywood. Mess with rich people in Beverly Hills. Shred near the beach in Dogtown. Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. Rated T for There were loading screens. They just hid them. You had to go through really long corridors with nothing in <laughs> to get to the next zone. That's worse than a load screen. Oh my god. Load screens are fine as long as they don't take too long. Like... I didn't realise it was such oh, a big deal. Yeah. I can't believe they based their entire marketing around mm. the fact that they didn't have a load screen, but they just did. They just hit them. Yeah. I remember with Sims, the load screen before you get into game, just getting longer and longer with every expansion pack you add on until it's about half an hour to get into Heating your game. up your computer yeah. to bugger I, I feel well. like the 2000s <laughs> PCs were not built for all those expansion packs. Like, it would literally, sometimes it would take <laughs> half an hour on the loading screen before I got onto my family. And it was just the most, not half an hour, probably like 10 minutes though. It was honestly a really long time. It's the equivalent yeah, of you driving ten minutes to actually visit family. <laughs> 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 but, um, back to the back, back to the documentary. Yeah. And a shot which stood out to me the most was when they just found out they lost. I keep forgetting what that team's called. PSGLGD. Yeah, that one. They found out that they lost or they just it's just like, yeah, the game was over. 
and it was just a batch still shot on just that one guy's face and he literally just like didn't move a muscle and it was mm. a really long shot and I thought that was quite a bold choice like for a and the fireworks were going off in the background and... yeah oh my god yeah and it's just like his reaction was honestly you can tell he's literally yeah. destroyed by I laughed at that initially and then I was like must be heartbroken. Yeah. I don't know. that. Like I said, the, the documentary really, really invites you to dislike that team. I disagree. <laughs> it, it does. It does a bit. Oh, it mate. When, when, I definitely thought that. Yeah, when you're in OG's booth and you can hear the crowd outside going, OG, go home. OG, go. And they go yeah. to the trouble of subtitling it just so you really know what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, yeah. it's like, it, it's it like, was very angled towards them. Like, I, I guess that was sort of like the storyline they were crafting, but... Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, well, if you're doing a bias, it's not. It's a bit of a fails in its document, like as a documentary, it's pretty biased. It's definitely entertaining in that way because it's made that way mm. because yeah, it invites yeah. you, you to like to root when for. it pays it off. Definitely. It's really elating. I honestly, elating is not even a word. You feel elation, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't even mean it. It feels like it should have been a bit more fifty-fifty. I want to watch. Interestingly. Sorry, go I was on, just say, I just want to watch more. I know you can't have a true neutral, but truly neutral documentaries. I feel like even the most neutral documentaries, like that one, was meant to be. You know, it's just showing what happened. They've always got a bias, haven't they? They're always on someone's side, and it's pretty obvious in most documentaries you watch what the correct side is, and it is a bit annoying sometimes. I uh, remember. Um... Yeah, I did remember thinking, like Louis said, that, you know, that OG was the one I definitely wanted to win. I don't know if that's just because that was a little bit of a deliberate thing by the documentary or they just sort of came off better. And, like, PSG did, like, they tended to have a sort of different tactic and to make themselves feel confident, which happened to be sort of taking the piss out of OG rather than just saying how good, like, OG were just like, we're amazing, we're going to win. Whereas PSG sort of went, look at this idiot with his notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, God, you know, look at this idiot. God, he's walking around like that with all his notes. Oh, what an idiot. You know what I mean? So it was a different sort of tactic. But, you know, each to their own in that, in the, into getting into their mindset. But Especially um, when they did that bit. It's like, like, how dare he choose Axe in front of the... Yeah, in front of oh, the that, that was such a funny <laughs> line. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he literally, he literally spanked you with axe. <laughs> yeah, he I chatted know. shit and he got banged. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. Sorry, go on. Luke. But I was just going to say the next, um, the next year final twenty uh, nineteen. If you guys do want to watch, uh, the final is actually between two teams that were, they're actually like quite good friends. Like even with players on the other teams like they they know each other so it brings a different sort of atmosphere because obviously in this one you can tell that they sort of don't really like each other Mm. that much and they sort of like there is a little bit of strong competitiveness between them that almost radiates a bit of bad blood whereas the the tournament that happened afterwards like before it kicks off the captain of one of the teams literally has to say, right, all right, guys, we know who they are. They're good guys, but no mercy. 
Like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're here to win. Like, at the end, we'll all, like, tonight, whoever wins, we'll celebrate together, you know, whatever. That, you sort of get that vibe, you know, we'll have a few drinks together and celebrate getting this far, but let's smash them. You know what I mean? Like, we want to win. They're not your friends out there, yeah. Yeah, when you're on the pitch or when you're at your desk. <laughs> when you're in your booth, yeah. when you're in your glass cube. I thought it was so sick, actually. That shot, when you enter the like, cube. From like a stylistic thing, the way they did going into OG's booth and you hear it, the door close, and then you can no longer hear the crowd. I thought that was a really, uh, a really well-directed piece of the documentary. I, like, oh, I did a really good job yeah, of showing you what it's like suddenly having to get in the zone and that, that mm. you have to forget all the pomp going on outside. I thought that was so interesting. I was really impressed by the actual like production value of that final as well. Like I know like, you know, obviously with an 11 um, million prize pot, it's going to be big, but like even the stage setup, the way that they had them in those little booth things. And then when they were like doing picks and bands as well, they had the characters come up in those like um, yeah. animations as well. It's all like, so Expensive bamzuki. So much has gone into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was very bamzuki, wasn't it? <laughs> Better than bamzuki, I think. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, interestingly, uh, I think the prize pot for this one altogether, so including, so the first place prize and all the other prizes for lower performing teams was about $25 million. And Crazy. the and the 2019 one, so the one that's just happened was, I think, Thirty-five million dollars. <gasps> what? So even even more, That's like insane. by a massive percentage increase. Mental. Um, and obviously this year it's been cancelled because of Corona, but it has the potential to be just as high, if not higher, I think, than even than last year. So it had the potential. So. It's just getting bigger and bigger, I suppose. Well, that leads into my, what I was going to say quite nicely, because what is actually so bizarre, I think, for us, is that it, Dota is just not really a thing in the UK, is it? Like, I'm literally, it's like one of the, did you say, what is it, like one of the most popular games in the world? Well, yeah, I think definitely played by a wide regular base, mm. uh, especially in Asia. Yeah, like when you go, when one you go... Biggest. Like South America, it wasn't huge from what it sounded like. It was pretty but big. It, yeah, it, it was pretty You'd big. See it yeah. in street corners and stuff everywhere, like in internet cafes, they'd advertise it. But everywhere. like in the UK, like people, your average person has not heard of Dota. It's not like Call of Duty or uh, Minecraft. Jamie's, Jamie's looking a bit. Oh come on, the Jamie. thing is, Jamie, no is that no, no, Jamie, Jamie. Jamie, you she's she is right, honestly. It, my friends like, I suppose, yeah. yeah. into PC gaming. Before I got into it, they definitely wouldn't have heard of Dota. I was gonna Seriously. say it's like one degree removed from surface level gaming. Yeah. yeah. In a way that like FIFA FIFA, Call of Duty, uh, that's oh, like Fortnite. Uh, yeah, like I suppose that's true. And then below that you kinda of get your Dota's. Yeah. I would say. Uh, I suppose the general six. public only get that first wave as well of, like you said, your CODs and your yeah. FIFAs and that kind of thing. Yeah, that is yeah. Like even true. if you're a casual gamer, like a, someone who just plays like FIFA or like Fortnite or Call of Duty, which yeah, like you just play like for fun casually. Um, I like people haven't heard of Dota. Like I asked this dude at my work, and he was like, "I know he plays like his Xbox," and he was just like, "What's Dota?" And I was just like, um, "Yeah." 
if you are anywhere into like a bit of a geek without with want for a better word um and have play, grown up playing gmod on steam buying games on steam you know for when they're in the sale and you know playing all that as a teenager you would definitely know what league is and what dota is and had you heard of it louis because you're you, not a massive gamer are you if you're not into pc games you just it's not well, that well known yeah, I, I knew what Dota was. You um, did before. I, I do, before I, I James kind of, like, pay Tifa. attention to games. No, I knew what Dota was before that. <laughs> oh, cool. I swear. Nah, no, no, because <laughs> I, I know Jamie's obviously a massive nerd, so he definitely heard of it. <laughs> cool, <Dota. laughs> Jamie's well. the nerdiest <laughs> of us. Jamie is a nerd. Jamie likes to do puzzles on a Friday night, but on Steam. (laughs) With you. (laughs) Shut up. It wasn't me. Jamie, what... Meanwhile, I'm busy playing Dota. What, (laughs) Jamie, what game are you playing currently? Like, what, do you, are you gaming? I am, actually. I was up quite late last night playing Dark Souls on my Switch. Oh, Oh, your Switch. Is the Switch port good? Yeah. It's alright, yeah, it's not bad. It's good fun. It's quite well suited. I don't know. I never played Animal Crossing back in the day. I missed that train. Oh I know. It is good. It is good. I'm literally considering dropping 300 quid on a Switch just for Animal Crossing. Like, that is a level of nostalgia. To be fair, <laughs> get a Switch. Switch is they're sick. I love it so much. Mm. I, I'm thinking about I've been it. I've played my loads recently. I was so tempted in lockdown. I almost got one. It's worth it for Breath of the Wild. I think that's just one of the most incredible pieces of art I've ever experienced. Wow, love it, love it. Next week, it would be great discussion. to do a a podcast app on, but it's like you got to drop like a hundred hours into it. <laughs> I yeah, don't, that's don't the think thing people about doing games. That. That's the thing about games, isn't it? It's like unless you're reviewing Tetris, it's quite hard <laughs> yeah. to like be like, okay, Liv. So yeah, this week we're gonna we're gonna review the, uh, the Last of Us. So just sit down for fifty hours, get to the end, and then we'll discuss it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's just not going to work. Quite a lot of effort to, to get through a whole game, so it makes it a bit difficult to review them. And that's why I thought that, okay, they haven't done a game yet, but this isn't a game, but it is about a game. Mm. You know, yeah. know what I mean? So it's kind of a good middle That ground. is perfect. It was hard enough to get Jack to watch a three-hour-long film, let alone like getting <laughs> this group to... Well, getting me to play hours and hours of a game, which I clearly won't be able to play. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I... I'm, I'm quite glad you didn't set us to, to play five ranked games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that Can brings you me to my next question. Oh my gosh, it wouldn't be fun. It would just be you guys getting abused and told to kill yourselves by a load of Russians. <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't very good art. This artwork isn't very nice. I was chatting to T Grand the other day. Uh, we were playing a game of Civ. Friend of the pod. Uh, friend of the pod. Um, Jamie and James's ex housemate, T Grand. And. Um, me and him were reminiscing about the time when I think it might have been Liv's birthday the night before, and we're all just sort of hanging out of our asses at, at James, Jamie's, and T Grand's. And James's friend Callum had come over to to come to the party, and just decided not to go home that day. Just stayed all day, and we were playing <laughs> Mario Soccer on the Wii. And you kept saying, everyone, play me, James Wood. And he just wouldn't tell anyone how to play. <laughs> just hand them the controls and then spank them, like 10-0. Yeah. I'm really good. 
I've got a question for you, James. Because uh-huh. it's something I wondered before. So, so you, obviously you love Dota. You were keen. I do like Dota. Dota. A lot, uh, yeah. How it's do you reckon you'd get on up against one of the professionals? Oh. Well, obviously, it's a, it's a five-man uh, team sport or game, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, the short answer is I would get absolutely decimated. <laughs> decimated. Like, there's just no chance. I, I could play him a hundred times, and I would never win. There's no luck. It's pure skill. There's just so many skill-based things in that game that can be honed and perfected over thousands of thousands of hours they I, they would never lose to me like if i if, if if it was like players like me um five me and my five friends who all four friends who all play at the same amount as me we got together and prayed any level of professional team we would get absolutely destroyed because it's just they have fifteen thousand hours in the game. You know what I mean? That guy was saying, and I have a thousand hours, but he has fifteen thousand good hours. You know what I mean? He has the knowledge. It's just incomparable. It's a hundred percent skill, which is why I love it so much. It is something though that I think would always prevent me from doing anything like that, apart from not caring about Dota, but. Would you not just get really sick of the game, having to just constantly rank and practice all the time? It would make me never want to play Dota again. Honestly, it's a nice game because you get the progression. Um, But seriously, like, with Call of Duty and FIFA and stuff, right, your average sort of competitive online game, I grew up playing... I just could not get into them that much. Like, I'd, I have so many of them. I had, like, all the old CODs, you know. I had a few FIFAs here and there. And I'd play them online, and, you know, they'd be all right, but I could just never really get obsessed with them. Whereas Dota was or probably the first online game that I could really get obsessed with. So I guess it's just MOBAs, of, you know, I just find it more fun, I suppose. Hmm. Um, but, like, a lot of my friends got obsessed with COD, and, you know, if you got, 15th prestige on world at war and all that but i don't think i ever prestiged on a cod game ever and like prestiging on those games is just a matter of time yeah like even yeah. the worst player can exactly. prestige if they put enough in yeah yeah whereas hours with in. a moba because of the rank and stuff you it's like have to be good if you just keep getting better and better and better eventually you will be a millionaire you know if you keep being <laughs> that if you keep playing better and better and better you know what I mean? That's what James keeps telling himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Eventually, you will be a professional player well, um, when, if you keep improving. When I was living in New Zealand, uh, on my sort of last few weeks there, I was trying to s- sell my car in Dunedin, where I was staying with a friend of mine called Ollie. And he was in his last year at university there. And his housemates were all at university as well. And they were basically just like Jack's house at uni, just the new the Kiwi mm. version. <laughs> and it was just like a hideous shit out of this house. But oh he was really God. kind to let me stay there for like a week or so. Not complaining. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I loved I loved everyone in that house. They were really a good good laugh. But they were a Rainbow Six Siege squad. That entire house. 
And they'd have to get on every evening at the same time and do ranked matches. And I remember being like, don't you guys ever want to go out to like bars or drink? Like, <laughs> does that not appeal? It's like, they're like, no, we gotta, we gotta do our ranked matches. We're almost a diamond <laughs> league. It's like, all right. <laughs> so I'd just be left, I'd just be left on my own in the living room from like eight to about ten every evening when I was there. I've got a Parisian mansion to raid. It's <laughs> <That's, that's laughs> really weird. Or I'm thinking like, why do you have to dedicate? Like, you must wait. You must have to do this every night. Like, they were like ranked high in the world. They were like top twenty or something in Siege. Really? Yeah, they were like wow. something. I mean, I don't know. I never played the game, so it's all a bit of a mystery to me. But from the way they they sold it to me, it was they they were really good, but they have to constantly be doing it to keep the ranking. I was like, that mm. doesn't seem worth it. Because one day you won't well, be thought... up the ranking and you won't be 30 yeah. and you'll realise you didn't do anything with your 20s. <laughs> like, unless you start making mega money out of it. But I guess they could, but I don't think Ollie did. I think he became a chemist mm. or something. <laughs> Similar. So, um, how do we normally work for the for the podcast? How do we sort of... Uh, do, we, do we sort of do a ranking or... Sometimes yeah, we are at about time. How do we round it up? Sometimes we do a little yeah. ranking. Yeah. I don't feel like I want to rank this one personally. Sometimes we we omit the ranking. It's it is hard to rank. Like yeah. obviously, I really really enjoy it. But how can I rank it? It's like how it's like me ranking the FA Cup final. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. You know what I mean? But like, saying that, you absolutely can rank FA Cup finals. It was a shit final. You sort year. of can, but it's just like. It's going to be quite biased because if Man United won, I'd probably be I'd probably give it like a ten. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if Liverpool won, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you know it's I mean? weird. Like, there is a high degree of bias to it. That's the thing. It's like the actual result of the tournament shouldn't have an effect on the production of the documentary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the the actual result is the plot of the documentary. So exactly. it obviously has a huge yeah. effect. Well, I've... I don't think it would be anywhere near as good if the underdogs well, I think, didn't Yeah, it'd be really exactly, yeah. Well, that is true. But I think a documentary is a is quite a weird art. It's weird to be considered as art because it's so factual-based. But obviously there is a, a level mm. of artistic yeah. value. Well, because this is an arts podcast, so that's what we're really discussing here is art. Um, but this mm. is a bit of a... It's less... Uh, definable, I suppose, isn't it? Harder to put into one category. So yeah, and difficult to rank by that respect. Mm. I, I I love I love your summarization there, James. That it's like ranking the FA Cup final. Frankly, I think that speaks everything you need to know about this <laughs> It's like it's like an FA Cup final. Some years there are yeah. good ones, some years there are bad ones. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's about it. That's about it. I enjoyed it though. I'd I'd love to hear what other people think of it. I'm I'm like interested to show it to other people. Mm. If like instead of you know instead of uh, it being a, a Dota final with some cinematics, it would be like the Wigan Man City final <laughs> when yeah, when exactly. Wigan beat them in, in an underdog match and there's just, an, instead of showing the actual goal, they just did a cinematic of him doing a triple backflip. <laughs> <and, laughs> ben Watson scoring the header. Slamming it yeah. in top bins. 
<laughs> that would have been yeah. quite funny if they did a CGI recreation <laughs> of it. You don't want to see Aguero actually scoring. You, know. <laughs> you want to see a poorly rendered Aguero. Yeah, you want to see a slow-mo, poorly rendered version. <laughs> I have, on as, as a little um, side note before we end the conversation, I, I know, like, this is true of other ones, I'm not sure what it's like in Dota, but is it true that they... Like on a competitive level, when you're playing at this high skill level, they take their own peripherals, like their own keyboards and mouses and stuff that they use at home, just because they're familiar with obviously oh. like how their hands fall with it and stuff. And like, I, I, I would imagine so. Yeah, I would. Imagine. Yeah, and and like friends have told me before as well. There's like players who will, when they sit down at their desk, get out like a ruler and measure the distance between them and the monitor. Oh my god! So they know that it's always the same. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's Little things like I, I, that I know they do the same with fighting like the... games with uh, joysticks. Yeah. Like one key slip can be, a, mm. you know, imagine if pressing an R instead of a T in a 0.2 second flash moment lost you ten million dollars. Is you know <laughs> what I mean? Like you'd get, I'd get my ruler out, mate. I'd be. <laughs> I would yeah, be when you put it that way, it's quite a small price to pay, isn't it? Just, just measuring yeah. the distance. <laughs> Isn't it like you know? What I mean, the the mar- it's such a game of fine margins. Mm. You know, esports just generally are. You know, it's such fine margins. It's seconds and and you know inches between winning and losing and having millions of dollars or sitting there with a terrible look on your face while fireworks go off behind you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> So it, it's a big uh, it's a big thing, and I think that is why you know if limbering up before a football match makes sense, then why not measure your keys? <laughs> yeah. I love that moment after the tournament, after they've lost, when they're backstage, and there's like that really long moment where they just sat down and it's silent. <laughs> oh my god! And one of the players turns to the other and he just goes, "Should we go home?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what it is. I love how transferable that feeling is. One of the greatest feelings there is in the world of football is just seeing a child crying in the stand <laughs> when yeah. the glory's been snatched from them. The crier is a, not even just a child, but like anyone crying because it didn't go their way is always kind of funny. Such I loved it when you saw all the, all the PSG fans at this. It was weeping. I was like, oh, good. I'm glad I'm still laugh at that in eSports as well as athletic sports. man for taking the time to chat to us about Dota. Usually he just frequents bus stops and pub corners hoping to find people to listen to him, so it was nice for him to have ears willing to listen. Like I said in the intro, we're going to take a break from all that was quite useless for a bit as our lives get a bit busier again, but the podcast is definitely going nowhere. We've already lined up more guests for season two and we'll be recording more episodes shortly. Do tune in next week for the potential train wreck of the bonus episode where we look back over season one and I'm sure we'll be having a few bevies, so why not join us? Thanks for living, Jamie again, and you, listener. Till next time.